City Hoops on ESPN 700. Your best insight into Utah Jazz basketball and the NBA in Utah. For the next two hours, it's nothing but NBA conversation from the local front to around the association. Now let's get things rolling with Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome everybody into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. I'm Andy Larson, managing editor of SaltCityHoops.com. We are the ESPN True Hoop affiliate for the Utah Jazz. Zach Harper joins me every week on the show. As someone asked us on Twitter whether or not you were a regular or not, you are the regular um, co-host. Yeah, of the um, show. no, we're radio married, as I said. Yeah, that's, that's a totally normal thing to say. I mean, we've been radio married for four months now, right? right? Exactly. Like, we there wasn't a long dating period, no. but the, you know. No, it was a quick. It was when kinda, you know, you know, right? You when you know, it was a shotgun radio wedding, <laughs> and uh, and I don't like. What are we supposed to do? I, it's a long time away. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. What do we do for the one year anniversary? Ooh, I don't know. Do we like do the show from a from the Bahamas? Yeah, do, I mean, <laughs> we could do that, right? Down the street, go to Melting Pot, and like <laughs> or that either way. <laughs> Probably one is better than the other. Sure. Uh, Zach Harper is the NBA CBS Sports dot com columnist. One sure. of them. Um and does a tremendous job, so check out his work there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, this is a social show, so please feel free to tweet us, call us, whatever. I don't know if anyone's actually called us since you've been on the show, but we had, I swear it happened. We had one person who uh who's the who's your friend who yelled at us about the dunk contest. Oh, that's right. I uh Ben Gaines. Right, Ben. Yeah, ben he was used on. to host the show. Right. So, and then when, when Ben hosted the show before, it, his dad would always call. So, okay. Like, I could get my dad to call. He, I mean, he doesn't follow the jazz, but. I mean, does he have honorary opinions? Like, I, is oh, he, is, yeah. He's good. a 70-year-old man from the South. Like, he definitely has honorary opinions. <laughs> I mean, that's what this show needs. Right. Uh, so if you want to tweet us, that's usually the way people do it. That's the way. At Andy B. Larson or at Talk Hoops is Zach's Twitter handle. Or you can always call us if you do want to uh, and, you know. Calling out Zach's dad here, 877-353-0700. We have an amazing show today. There's just so much to talk about with the Jazz, with the NBA, uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers, with uh, car chases. There's a planet trying to kill us? uh, There's a a planet nine from outer space that's hurtling asteroids towards our planet, and we may may not be dead. In a month. In a month. Right. So stay tuned for more so, information. So if we don't your... make it to that one year anniversary, you know why. What's the radio show back in the forties that like scared America by <gasps> predicting the apocalypse? War of the Worlds, right? right? War of the Worlds. This is what we're doing right now. Sure. <laughs> There's not a lot of difference. I feel like you know what we just said in War of the Worlds. I feel like it's easier to fact check us now than it was back then. <laughs> yeah. People also may just trust us less. <laughs> right, that's true. Uh which is which is probably a good thing. So anyway, lots of lots of stuff to talk about in the show today. This first segment, we're we're gonna keep it fairly jazz specific. Um, obviously, big playoff race there, and by this time next week, we'll know the season will be over, and we'll know whether or not the Jazz have made the playoffs. Right, we'll either be celebrating and previewing a series or previewing the draft. And yeah, basically crying and kind of yeah. What was what happened? What went wrong? Exactly. Um, the good news is that there are still relatively good odds for the Jazz to make the playoffs. Anywhere between 68% from CBS Sportsline to 85% from 538. Um, ESPN and Basketball Reference are in between there. But still, the Jazz are favored to make the playoffs. Uh, Mavs, on the back of their victory last night against the Rockets, 
uh, now have better odds than the Rockets to make the playoffs. So Mavericks, 70% chance, anywhere between 59 and 78% chance in those four different models' odds. And then the Rockets have between a 46, oh, sorry, a 45% and a 76% chance. So uh, it looks like the, you know, the Mavericks really helped themselves with that win last night. I did a lot of math yesterday trying to figure out who to root for as a sure. Jazz fan in that situation. Spent like two hours in Excel, have this like multiple sheet thing going on where, you know, imagine if Houston won and Dallas beats the Jazz on Monday, what are the jazz odds the Jazz make the playoffs then? So on and so forth. Did, you know, hours and hours of math and found out that it doesn't matter at all who won last night's game between the Rockets and Mavs. I, I don't want to, I don't want to be uh You cruel. can poo-poo my math. I don't. Uh, and I saw David Locke agreed with you. I didn't agree. Okay. I thought it would it behooved the Jazz for the Rockets to beat the Mavs. Welp. Which did not happen. <laughs> but to me, that entire time, I thought the because the Mavs are the ones you can win the tiebreaker over. That's why you need them to keep losing. That was my thought behind it. Now, obviously, the math goes against that from what you you figured out. But to me, just logically, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I it, I think it's kind of a it hurts you either way, right? Like sure. if if Houston does win that game, though, then all of a sudden they're tied for eighth, uh, right? And you you have a three way tie, and then you have to beat that team outright because you're you're you've lost the tiebreaker already to the Rockets. Sure, you know? but I mean, I guess my point with that is the Rockets have four supposedly easy games to finish the season, so that was my thinking of like only the Rockets can screw this up, which by the way they might do tonight by losing to the Suns because it's Fair. a close game. Um, but that was my thought is like, I think you have to assume, well, I don't know if you have to assume, but I, I assume the Rockets are going to go 4-0 in these last four games mm-hmm. because it's very easy opponents. Yeah, Maybe they go 3-1. Their schedule is Phoenix, uh, Lakers, Sacramento, and Minnesota. Right. So because of that, my thought was, well, the Mavericks have the toughest schedule of, of them all, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so you want them to suffer through that schedule, especially with a loss to the Jazz Monday night. Now that was my thinking. Here's an additional wrinkle now. Uh the Rockets are only beating the Suns by one at halftime of that game, 58 to 57. Now, now I'm not an NBA coach, but I have to, like, I feel like if I was JB Bickerstaff at this point and we go into halftime and I'm only up a couple of points against the Suns team and we control our own destiny, essentially, my first thought would just, I would just walk in there, I would look them all in the face, and I would just say, <laughs> You idiots, what are you doing? <laughs> you are screwing up this very easy. Final stretch of the season. I should point out it's sixty to fifty-seven, by the way, because okay. they hit a shot in the last second of the so, game. But, yeah, uh, now they're on to the championship. But um, <laughs> that would be my thought: is I would just open with "You idiots, what are you doing?" Yeah, but I mean that happened in Game Five. Like I'm sure the first speech when Kevin McHale was fired, JB Bickerstaff walked in and said, "You idiots, <laughs> <laughs> you guys got my good friend Kevin McHale fired right. because you didn't care at all. Maybe it's time to start caring if you guys want to do anything good this season." That's a fair point. And they haven't. I don't know if that particular like you're losing. Uh, okay, they're not losing. You're only right. up three to the. That's Suns basically at, a loss. At, at halftime at home. Yeah, uh, but I guess that, that was my logic. Was I don't think you can. I don't think you should assume that the Rockets can screw this up. Therefore, you need the Mavericks to lose because you can get the tiebreaker against them. Yeah. No, I, I think that's fair. Um, but oh well. Yeah, but it didn't happen, so I guess <laughs> it doesn't matter. So then. You kind of look at the Jazz's playoff seed probabilities and, and predict does these, and I, I like them a lot because it kind of shows 
how likely it is, A, that I'll be traveling to each of these places. Sure. Uh, and B, kind of where, uh, you know, they stand in 6th, 7th, 8th, or ninth, which some of these other playoff odd places don't. And I think it's interesting that actually if the Jazz do make the playoffs, the, the best, the most likely seed is actually the 6th seed for the Jazz. They have a 30% yeah. chance of getting the 6th seed, 26% chance of the 7th seed, and only a 17% chance of the 8th seed. Because so, because you're thinking the Grizzlies keep losing. It's the Grizzlies keep, exactly. You so, beat the Mavericks, so then you have tiebreaker over them. Right. So then you kind of climb those two ladders right there. Right, exactly. And if, you know, if, if both of those things happen, then, you know, probably the Jazz get the, get the sixth seed. And both of those things, I would have to say, are, are kind of the most likely outcomes, right? That Seems like it, yeah. That the, the, the Grizzlies lose out and the Jazz beat the, the Mavericks at home. Does it worry you that the, the Jazz are on a back-to-back for the Mavericks game? Yes, a lot. Um... The Mavericks are also on a back-to-back. Sure. So there's that. Um, and actually, the Jazz have done pretty well on back-to-backs this season. They're 10-7 and seven okay. on, on back-to-backs, which is you know pretty surprising, I think. But uh, they've done a good job of handling that so far this season. Sure. Now, the, the thing that really scares me is just to what extent the Dallas game matters. Yeah, that's fair. If they win that game, according to the math I did yesterday, they have a 95% chance of getting into the playoffs. Basically... Right. So long as they win one of the other games against the Lakers, the Clippers, without any of their stars, and we'll talk about that in a second, and Denver, they're in. Yeah. And if they lose that game, then they only have a 25% chance of making the playoffs. You're basically probably not, right? Right, you're, that's you're... not great. So it all really comes down to one scary game against, admittedly at home, but against the Mavericks and Rick Carlisle, who is a genius in these sort of matchups sure. situations. like. That he's made J.J. Barea into a capable player is incredible. Not just a capable player. He was player of the week. Right. He's a, he's a, he's a little killer. Yeah. The, little... I mean, four 20-point games in a row. We're going to have Tim Cato, by the way, yeah. on of, of Mavs Moneyball there, the SB Nation blog for the, for the Dallas Mavericks, on to explain J.J. Barea and talk <laughs> about this matchup uh, in our 7.30 segment. So. I think um... – it's funny that if they lose that game, it, it goes to 25% because that essentially becomes what Sam Hinkie has been gunning for his entire time. Yeah. It's like that 25% chance of winning the lottery. It's weird how that, that all of a sudden becomes like you're trying to win the lottery, essentially, right, in the right. NBA, just to make the playoffs. That's, it seems daunting. No, definitely. That's, that's true. And, and basically, the Jazz would need to win out, and then either Dallas would have to lose the rest of their games or right. hope for some friendly losses by the Rockets and you know maybe that's why the Sun get, Suns game we're watching now is is so important. Yeah, and but I like you mentioned the Clippers are sitting almost everybody. Yeah, I mean if you you look at their uh injury quote unquote right list for for yesterday for tomorrow's game, sorry, and it's it's crazy. Uh Green is questionable, Rivers is questionable, Blake Griffin is out, Johnson and Wesley Johnson is out, DeAndre Jordan is out, JJ Redick is out, Chris Paul is out. That's their roster. <laughs> I, well, I, get, I mean, the guys who are left are like C.J. Wilcox, uh, Jamal Crawford, Brandon da- Dawson. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Carl, uh, Cole, Cole Aldridge, Aldridge, Pablo Prigioni. Yep. Yeah, fun. that's your starting five. <laughs> yeah, that's uh wow. All right, so is th- does that become a trap game? A little bit, you have to say, right? But yeah. ultimately, if you can't defeat that team, then like, you should. What are you play- doing? You right. should make the playoffs if you yeah. can't. Do- like if, all- if if Houston loses to Phoenix tonight, you should not make the playoffs. I know yeah. it's not that simple, but 
Right. That's no, essentially what it should be. Uh, completely agreed. And honestly, the Jazz have done a pretty excellent job this season of not losing to those kind of teams. I mean, there was right. a Brooklyn loss at home. Yeah. Uh, but that Brooklyn team was a lot better than this Clipper team. Also though. came after the Spurs, which has been, as you mentioned, I that's think a couple a weeks ago, like that's, it destroys them for the next game. And maybe, I mean, that's what we're facing here, I suppose. Yeah. I think I looked it up. Teams are like, teams like 33 and 42. Five thirty-three and forty-six against the Spurs after playing the Spurs this season against so, the Spurs or against their next or opponent? against their next opponent okay. after playing the Spurs they are like thirty-three and forty-six or something like something along those lines where which, you'd expect them to be five hundred right like right exactly should be a coin flip yeah uh, yeah that's that's interesting I I do think maybe you get a bit of good news because that you kept that game close at least right the Spurs yeah. have been blowing out so many opponents that for sure. You're, you probably lose some of that soul sucking effect. <laughs> yeah, you had a couple, of, and you had a couple of days, right? To yeah. you know, you practice, you get healthy a little bit, you get rested a little bit. That being said, the Jazz haven't been great on a couple of days of rest so far this sure. season. I don't have the numbers, but I think they're like eleven and seventeen when they have two or more days of rest. Um, so. so it's like being too open for a shot. You think about it too much. You Maybe. think about this Clippers game too much. Maybe that's the case. Uh, I, ultimately. If you can't figure out how to beat the players we named, Pablo Prigioni, you know Jamal Crawford. C.J. Wilcox, right. Cole so, Aldridge, someone, whoever, Brandon Dawson. Like, yeah. You're, someone mentioned that, well, Austin Rivers did go for 30, and they almost beat the Yeah, the but Thunder. he's questionable. <laughs> well, he's questionable, and even if he plays, like, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I'd like to think that's probably an outlier. Right. Not what you should expect. Yeah, Austin Rivers is, is a bad NBA player. He's not, I mean, certainly on offense. He can defend a little bit, but yeah. he's, I mean, he was, he was hitting threes. He's, he's not a right. good, he's not a good shooter, let, let alone not a good three-point shooter. I think you do worry about... Jamal Crawford going off, but even then, like with the guys they have left, even if Crawford goes for 30, you got to feel pretty good that you can lock down everybody else. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, heck, even if both of those guys go for 30, like... Uh, yeah, gets, where, are they, where are they getting the 25 other, other points? Right? <laughs> right. Like, is Pidgeoni scoring eight? Uh, that's asking a lot. Yeah. Like, you know. Do you worry... All right, do you worry because the, the Jazz have been inconsistent lately, they... They lose that. Uh, granted, it's against very good teams. I don't know but, how inconsistent they've been lately. I think well, they've been pretty consistent. Well, I would say in this in this respect against good teams, but they're not going to be playing a good team. They're going to be playing what's left what's left of the Clippers. But they they couldn't hit free throws against the Warriors, and yeah. then they couldn't hit threes until like a, a late flurry against the Spurs. Sure. To me, that's a little inconsistent in the fact that you know you're relying on this one aspect of the game to kind of keep you in it or put you ahead, and they and they couldn't do it. Sure, I. I I guess I'm not that worried by that because a you know the law of averages kind of happened in in the sure. fourth quarter of that Spurs game and sure you end up 29 percent from three but that's not crazy by any means right uh, and yeah free throws in in the Warriors game yeah that happened and and I I just don't see how it happens again like it, yeah. it hasn't happened since uh, it had it hadn't happened before and. Quite frankly, they're just better free throw shooters than that. And quite frankly, number B, <laughs> number number two, <laughs> number B. Uh, <laughs> it, it, even if you miss, if, even if you go fifty percent from the line, again, you should still probably beat the team if right. that's your if that's your weakness. Right, that's true. So I think that you have to feel good. They still, I mean, I would assume Quinn's going to have them come out because he's very big on even in those blowout wins they have. Like, no, we're creating the right habits. We're doing the right things, no matter what the score is, no right. matter who's in. Like we have to play a certain way, so as long as he keeps them focused in that respect, it should be. I mean, it should be actually a pretty ugly game. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen the Jazz do that against bad teams. The Suns, the, they the Suns, destroyed. Yeah, thirty. You know, beat by thirty-four. The Lakers beat by forty-eight. I mean, I, I'm not expecting that much, but right. 
just because honestly they're better coached than either of those teams. Right. Uh, but uh, you know, I I could see them controlling it fairly easily. So Alec Burks, we believe yeah. is back. Uh, so Alec Burks, uh, I went to practice today. He for the first time since his injury was participating in practice. Had the jersey on. Was was doing some shooting drills with Gordon Hayward, Shelvin Mack, Rodney Hood, kind of the the players you'd expect him to be. Uh, shooting with right like it's not like he's with the Joe Ingles and Chris Johnson types he's with his caliber of players if you will uh, so that was a good sign that he was kind of working out with them and competing against them uh, he's officially questionable for tomorrow and they still need to you know make sure that he's not going to re-injure himself if he does play but all indications are that he will probably play tomorrow. And honestly, I think it's a great time given the lineup that the Clippers just came out. Yeah. Instead of having wasting some minutes on him and and seeing how he is in his first game back against one of the elite teams, now you're playing. You know, now you're trying to defend Austin Rivers, and and maybe that's not the hardest task in the world. Right. And also, I mean, you're probably matching up against either Jamal Crawford or or against uh, C.J. Wilcox. Neither of them exactly known as defenders. Right. I that's mean, a good point. You have to you have to be wary of their you have offense. to defend yourself, right? You right. have to defend yourself, but you, but you know, both those guys. Well, Jamal can get hot, and C.J. Wilcox is a, a a great outside shooter, by all accounts. He was great in college. He's great in the D League. Um, I don't know if that will transfer to when Pablo Prigioni is setting him up. No offense to Pablo Prigioni, but you know, you should be able to to kind of feast a little bit, right? And ultimately, uh, just that he shouldn't play that many minutes right like it's his first game back they'll they'll take him along slowly in in terms of just his playing time probably 5 to 10 minutes in this game 10 to 15 in the next um it's not like he gets starter minutes anyway yeah, exactly. being off the bench so it will depend on the game situation i think there are some scenarios where joe ingles makes sense to play over alec burks just because for of sure. his ability to shoot from the outside yeah for sure and i think that uh i think you want to mix all those guys in anyway i think you want to keep you know, Joe Ingles fresh and in and in, in the rotation and in the in the flow of everything. I think you even want to give some time if you can to Chris Johnson just because I think I think he needs to be comfortable on the court in case something happens, you have to throw him out there. Like I'm not saying you give him twenty minutes, but you know, if you can make it a blowout and give him, you know, five to twelve minutes, you know, in that fourth quarter, yeah. I think it's important. If it's a blowout, yeah, put him in. I mean, yeah. if only to so Alec or whoever else doesn't get re injured, right. right? But I still think it's just um, to keep everyone sharp. I think it's a good idea. See, and I, I don't know because Chris Johnson should be sharp by now, right? Like, well, yeah. And he's shot 18% from three over his last That's month and great. a half. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's ultimately, I don't know. He was He was actually better when he wasn't playing and then in that first couple of weeks when he got the minutes rather sure. than after, I guess, a three- to four-month stretch of, of playing relatively consistently. And maybe that's just because he's – maybe it's kind of a rookie wall thing in yeah. that he's not used to playing that many minutes on an NBA roster. Certainly he never has before. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know how much I, I buy your – your point is stupid. This is our marital yeah, argument. Yeah, this is, this is what will get us divorced. <laughs> um, uh, I just think it's, it's so fascinating, and it, it is just frightening – as as a jazz fan that it all does come down to this week and especially Monday's game against uh, against the Mavericks like it's in some ways you can say that game may even be more important than a playoff game right like if sure. if just because it matters so much to whether or not you make the playoffs in a seven game series you have a little bit of leeway right. maybe not so much against Dallas yeah i think to uh, you know i don't know i maybe i don't i don't understand the culture here i don't i'm not that versed in in jazz 
fan culture, but I think like to me, I would be excited because you control your own destiny. Yeah. Like as long as you take care of business, you could you should probably win the last four games, mm-hmm. and and you should you know definitely win at least two of those. Well, three of those really. Like you should you should play pretty well. Like I think I would be excited about this opportunity to be like, no, we get to decide hmm. whether or not we're in. I don't know if that's the right mentality. Yeah, and I I think uh, that's uh, probably the mentality you'd you'd hope the team would take and you'd, sure. you'd hope fans would take because it's a positive one rather than like right. having the nerves <laughs> of being nervous, right? But ultimately, I think there is also, I think there is part of maybe the Jazz fan psyche or maybe it's just fandom in general that makes you fear the worst. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, for it all to come down to one game is uh, terrifying to me anyway. Well, yeah, um, to kind of go against that, okay. when I was watching the Lakers game last night, uh, every time Kobe took a shot in the fourth quarter, fans got really excited, and then it would miss, and then <laughs> and then there was like this collective like, oh right, it's t- 2016. Uh, so I would say they were overly optimistic about those situations, and then brought back to reality. Whereas what you're saying is kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, uh, and and maybe that's just protecting myself from sure, <laughs> you know, no potential sadness. You know, my mod- you know, if you're dead inside, you can't you can't be hurt anymore. <laughs> It's a great motto. Yeah, it's a great motto. It's a great message for the kids. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk to Tim Cato of uh, Mavs Moneyball. He's our our Dallas Mavericks SB Nation blogger. Going to talk about that April 11th game, how J.J. Barea is all of a sudden playing so well, and a lot more. That's next on the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. Listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back in to the Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700. Uh, so, Rockets are up 10 on the Suns now. They went on a 7 0 run after halftime. Zach suggested, you idiots, halftime speech is, is certainly working. It's de- it, it works every time. Every time I decide that a coach should do that, the other team comes out. And just- <laughs> ruins the, their opponent they also just started kj mcdaniels instead of patrick beverly in the yeah. second half which doesn't make a whole lot of sense but i don't know they play michael worked. they play michael beasley in 2016 I, which also kind of works well, uh, not really okay it works for michael beasley's career yeah like it's good for his shooting percentage it's not good for their team well let's go ahead and bring on tim cato uh the other member of this broadcast who's also rooting for the phoenix suns in this game exactly. tim how are you Hey, hey, Andy, Zach, how are you guys doing tonight? Excellent. We're we're doing well. The the 7-0 run by Houston is, has hurt us a little bit, but still we, we persevere. Yes, yes. Uh, go Suns. As you know, <laughs> lifelong Suns fan here since, since this morning, at least. Tim is actually uh, the editor of Mavs Moneyball, uh, the SB Nation blog for the Dallas Mavericks. So that's why we bring him on is because next Wednesday, uh, April 11th, the Jazz Monday. are... Sorry, yes, thank you. Monday, the Jazz are going to be facing the Dallas Mavericks here in Salt Lake City for what seems to be the most important game of all time. Uh, at least from a Jazz perspective, if the Jazz win that game, they have a 95% chance of making the playoffs according to playoff odds. And if they lose, they only have a 25% chance of making that game. So what are your thoughts going into this this semi-all-important clash between these two teams? Those are those are pretty pretty decisive odds. I didn't realize, but yeah, it's they, uh, they kind of favor that. But but it makes sense. Um, yeah, definitely. Just there's the two sides. I mean, the Mavericks have somehow rattled off five straight here, which is um, hopefully not a question you're going to ask me because I don't have a lot of answers <laughs> for you to explain that. But 
but yeah, just just between the two, that's that's obviously a big one. And and the Mavericks can I think actually afford to lose it um, if, if if the rest of their schedule breaks right. So so it's not quite imperative for them. But for the Jazz, absolutely. Um, and, and looking at the schedule, when I was looking at the schedule, when you know back when the Mavericks were down two starters and looking like they wouldn't make the playoffs. You know, that, that was one of those games that I highlighted as if, if they win this, perhaps they can get in, but it just didn't seem likely. So, so at this point, especially with the, with the importance, you know, lessening a little bit for them, you'd have to really think that Utah would be able to do that, you know, kind of pull that one off uh, here, here next Monday, just, just considering how important it is and considering it, it it's in Utah. Tim, how, I just, I don't understand, and maybe I just follow the wrong people or I'm reading the wrong things, but it doesn't sound like, Rick Carlisle is getting a lot of consideration for runner-up to coach of the year. Like it's, you see, you hear a lot of Terry Stotts, you hear a lot of Brad Stevens, but Rick Carlisle has played Raymond Felton. I don't know what twenty-two minutes a game or something like that, and they have a chance at a playoff spot. Like, shouldn't that just be an automatic coach of the year? I think I think it's in the bylaws somewhere. We must. It's got to be, be in the CBA. That one exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, he's. I mean, his job every year is uh, you know underappreciated. Uh, and he has his quirks, you know. There, there's, there's people in, Ma- you know, Mavericks fans that still get upset that he'll play three guards next to each other, or they're do- he'll do this or that. But ultimately, I mean, you look at the big picture. You just have to look at the big picture. And every single year, this team comes together, and you know what he puts on the floor and what they finish the season with is somehow better than you know what it should be. The, the finished product it always looks cleaner, always has better results than you could have possibly expected. I mean. Uh, this this team was widely predicted to be you know you know thirty thirty wins thirty five wins and certainly not forty forty one and uh, looking like you know maybe a playoff seed even higher than eighth so um, you know he's been around so long so so I think it's kind of like Popovich uh, you know obviously different in the sense that Pop is amazing and and has a has a team that could win the championship but but Rick you know it's just every year. He probably could be deserving of it, or certainly is doing a top five job. So uh, I think it just kind of gets glossed over. I am going to ask you to explain how you're winning so much, and in particular, how is it happening? I guess from a statistical point of view, and then can you explain JJ Berea to me that how <laughs> how that's happened? I mean, what what do you guys see? Do you have any theories? All right, yeah, I, uh, I, f- I figured I'd probably have to. I, I, I do have a couple <laughs> theories here. I think they're out there. You know. Statistically, definitely, the the team has cut down their pace a lot. They're just not running. They're using up 24 seconds. Uh, they've held all five teams in the streak under uh, 90 points, uh, a couple 89-point games. But, you know, it's not because their defense has suddenly turned into the, the Spurs. It's because they're they're just not giving teams enough possessions. Uh, they're not a terrible, terrible half-court team. They're, they're all right somehow. I'm not even sure how that is. But but they're all right. What what really killed them this year was the transition, um, and because they're taking so long and they're being methodical and they're taking good shots, um, and they 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 pretty much don't crash the board, the offensive boards. They pretty much just give those up in favor of getting back. Um, you know, playing slower has helped them. You know, do that, and you know it's it's hard for them to score. Even if you look at the the Rockets game, they had three quarters where they scored 18 points each, and then they had one quarter where they scored I think 34. So, so you know, they, they had one hot quarter, and then they had three quarters where they're just very, very below average offensively. Uh, so, so this defensive, the slower pace, all of this is coming together. It's, it's really the only way, uh, missing Chandler Parsons and missing Darren Williams, that I can see this team realistically having a chance to win. And, 
Uh, obviously, Carlisle saw that too, probably five games before I did, and uh, he, he kind of latched onto that, and that here we are, uh, you know, five games later with five wins, but certainly I didn't expect and very few people around Dallas did. What's crazy to me is is they're not even, like, usually you expect Dallas to be an elite shooting team, and they're they're not really hitting shots. I, th- I think they're 20th in, in field goal percentage. I think they're bottom 10 in three-point percentage, uh, and, and they don't get to the free throw line all that much, and yet they have an efficient offense. Is that simply what you're talking about when, when you say, well, they've cut down on the pace, so they, they still kind of maximize opportunities? Uh, yeah, that's some of it. They're also really good at not turning the ball over. Sure. Um, you know, J.J. J. Brea, like you mentioned earlier, I guess I didn't get to him, but, you know, he's he's been on a tear lately. Uh, but really, he's been good all season, which is definitely flown under the radar because it's J.J. Brea and he's a backup point guard. And, you know, he's been in the league long enough that most people have an opinion formed on him. Uh, but but is, he's shooting better than he ever has before this season. Um, and, you know, he's he's hitting pull-up jumpers. You know, he can go... When when people go under the screen on him, he can hit that pull up three pointer. And obviously, over the over the past five six games, he's doing that even more than we're used to this season. But but for the for the season as a whole, he's also been shooting a little bit higher. I think like thirty five percent on pull up jumpers or something like that. I looked that stat up recently. So so it's just a just a team effort, and just somehow some some way uh, you just have consistently. One player hitting a shot when you need it, or another playing player hitting a shot when you need it. I mean, it's it's a it's a really impressive and just hard to you know impressive when you're watching it that um, that that they're able to keep getting enough points to win. But I mean, here we are. Uh, my my other question for you is: I was you know I was kind of burned by Rodrigo Boubois, as I'm sure many people were. Uh, I don't want I don't know why this would transfer to another rookie that the, that the Mavs have, but. <laughs> I love Justin Anderson so much, and I don't want this to be a fluke. Tell me it's not a fluke. I really don't think it is. I, I really, really like like him. Um, there, there's, you know, he hasn't really shot well um, this season, but uh, I, I think that will come. A lot of rookies don't shoot well, um, and he's he hasn't really had consistent playing time until five, six, seven games ago whenever he was put in the starting lineup. Uh, I, I really like him, though. He, he knows, you know, he knows where the ball is. He has a he's a knack for rebounds and his defense is um, you know he he's made defensive plays that nobody in Dallas has has made since probably 2011 Sean Marion like like he's there's there's blocks like chase down blocks and uh, and steals and just a knack for getting his hand on the ball and and shut down defense there's things he's doing that really we haven't seen in in Dallas in a, in quite a while and so I, I'm I'm very high on him I, I definitely think that he he could and should be a rotation player next year and he fits right into the modern NBA where you, you play defense. I mean he's a three three uh three and D guy. He's he's a quintessential version of that and uh and an athlete and just has a lot of lot of things I really like. So uh let's not put the Ronnie B curse on him. <laughs> let's let's not let's not cast that name anymore. <laughs> Although I still I still have hope. You still you uh, still have to believe one a day. Sure. He's still young. One day, one day he's Ronnie Buckets, of course. Why <laughs> right. wouldn't you? All right, well, that's Tim Cato from Mavs Moneyball joining us. Tim, where can we read your work? Uh, it's on MavsMoneyball.com and SBNation.com slash NBA. Um, and, of course, Twitter at Tim underscore Cato. Perfect. All right, Tim, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's Tim Cato, Mavs Moneyball, etc. We're going to go ahead and take a break. On the other side, uh, we'll talk about Jerry Sloan and answer a couple of your reader questions next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. 
All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoop Show. ESPN 700, Andy Larson, Zach Harper joining you. Uh, let's start first by talking about the Jerry Sloan news because we haven't fitted it into the show yet, and I think it's important. Uh, reported first by the Salt Lake Tribune and a, a good article by Steve Loom. Uh, he's been diagnosed, Jerry Sloan has been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and Lewy body dementia. Uh, essentially, I, I think we all know a Parkinson's disease, but... Uh, uh, Louis body dementia, as my understanding goes, pretty much like Alzheimer's disease, is kind of the second most common uh, neuro damaging d- disease, right. um, leading to dementia in, in adults in the United States. So it, it, that's obviously a, a, a fight for Jerry Sloan moving forward. Heard such nice things about him over the last 24 hours from Quinn Snyder, from Gordon Hayward, the last remaining jazz player who played under Jerry Sloan. Uh, Steve Starks, president of Larry H. Miller Sports and Entertainment. Uh, everyone around the jazz community has just incredibly nice things to say about Jerry Sloan. Uh, and um, we, we wish him the best of luck. Absolutely. I haven't been around that long, but you know, seeing him, like people just light up mm-hmm. every time he walks through the tunnel. You've seen him come talk to opposing coaches after games. You know, Stan Van Gundy was giddy, like, like a fanboy getting an autograph, like <laughs> giddy that he got to talk to to Jerry Sloan, Greg Popovich had a great moment. Uh, not this pat, not this game, but the one before that when they were here had a great moment with Jerry Sloan after a game. Like just everyone loves him and respects him, and we definitely wish him the best. Yeah, I mean, from my personal perspective, just uh, I mean, he was jazz coach before I was born, um, and yeah. really, you know, for the first twenty-two years of my life was jazz head coach. Um, obviously, a, a ton of memories there. He, he's fantastically. I think he's actually underrated from an X's and O standpoint in what he did for the offensive side of basketball. I mean, he's led one of the great offensive teams of all time um, in the in the mid '90s Jazz, and then even with the Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer, Memo Kerr thing, was kind of ahead of his time in using a stretch center. Sure. I'm not sure that that had been done to that effectiveness before uh, in the league, and, and of course the pick and roll game and everything else. That team too was the number one offensive team. In the in the country uh, in in the NBA, I believe that was the 0708 Jazz when they had just acquired Kyle Korver. So, uh, uh, I mean, tremendous coach, very flexible, obviously tough nose defensively as well. Yeah. Um. Again, best wishes. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a couple of reader questions uh, to go through that we we wanted to get to, and, and one person even DM'd me their question. They're Ooh. like, "Let's let's get it past these notifications and That's straight a, into straight into my inbox." I like so, the aggressiveness. Yeah, Josh White, you, you're you're doing it well. Right. And we've you know kind of now revealed your secret to everybody else. Sure. But he asked, "What would it take for the Jazz to trade for Rudy Gay this offseason? Also, for any other small forward, power forwards that might fit with the Jazz." Well, I don't know that you want Rudy Gay as a small forward moving forward. Uh, that's what I would say. Agreed. So, are you so what? So, to grab him, that means you're either not so hot on Rudy Gobert, or you're not so hot on Derek Favors anymore. Right. Or I mean, or you're not hot on Trey Lyles a little bit, right? Like sure, but it, I mean, I don't think Rudy Gay is the type to accept a backup role. That's the thing. Like I just I've heard the Jazz organization actually talk about this idea of requiring Rudy Gay. We've, we've talked about it on the show because of that. And, and I just don't see how it fits with how the rotation is starting to come together. With Rudy Gay continuing to age, you don't expect sure. him to move up the positional chain, if you will. You, yeah. you expect him to be more of a power forward than a small forward right. moving forward, especially with how the league is changing. And so 
It's not like he's taking wing minutes, really. Uh, I, I don't see how that's a great fit. I think he's available, certainly. He's absolutely available. Uh, I, they're open to trading just about everybody. But I don't... I, A, he hasn't ever helped any team he's been on. I don't know. I think he gets a bad rap. Okay. Um, I actually think that since the trade from Memphis, I thought he was actually pretty good for Toronto, and I thought he was pretty good early on for Sacramento before the majority of the craziness started because I think when you move him to a stretch four, I think he's hyper-effective. Okay. I, I, I think that's that's where you want to play him moving forward because you can his he's strong enough to handle power forwards. He's quick enough to give them problems. Uh, and I think that if, as long as you don't feature him in the offense, I think he's fine. Hmm. And I, I, you know, I don't think the Jazz necessarily would. I think you would get some of those. Yeah, I think you'd get some strengths. But yeah. just positionally... Uh, you know, I, Derek Favors is a better player. and Yeah, absolutely. Gordon Hayward's a better player. Like, I think that I, – I don't think it makes sense for this unless he is willing to take a massive, you know, step back in, in terms – well, we know he's willing to take a step back, but a massive step <laughs> back in terms of in terms of how he's used and what his role is and even as a starter, unless he's willing to do that, I think it's a bad idea. So I, I – and I don't, I don't know. I don't know where you value him. Like, would you give up Trey Lyles to get Rudy Gay? In theory, that's a you know that's it's a, technically it's, a, it's an upgrade now upgrade yeah right but two years from now or even a year from now is that an upgrade and it's certainly not a salary upgrade right you no know, you're, you're paying paying way more right so uh, Trey Lyles to me is a better asset there so yeah absolutely uh by the way this Rocket Suns game is tied at eighty five Suns Suns were down thirteen just like I don't know five minutes ago and I've, I've tied this game somehow. Can I gush about how much I love Mirza Toledovic? Yes, please. Because this guy, all he does is shoot threes. I think 60 to 70% of his shots in his career are three-pointers. Like, that's all he does. He's a dead-eye three-point shooter, and he's not afraid of anything. Like, he, he had that famous, uh, you know, kind of toe-to-toe with LeBron where he's laughing in his face. And what's funny to me is at the time, people are like, oh, he doesn't want to do that. Like, LeBron will tear him apart. I'm like... Mirza Toledovic grew up in Eastern Europe. <laughs> I don't think he's afraid of a fight. He grew up in yeah. Eastern Europe. He grew up in Yugoslavia. I think he's going to handle himself okay. He is handling himself great in this game. Yes. Suns are now up 89-85. What a time to be alive. <laughs> this Rockets team, you idiots, what are you doing? <laughs> you keep giving that speech, but it might, it, I mean. I guess I shouldn't be work. doing this. Yeah, it dep- whose side are you on here, Zach? <laughs> It's like you have a feeling or something trying to trying to hurt the Jazz. I don't want to hurt the Jazz. I just want the Rockets to stop being stupid. That's that's fair. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like it's it's a shame when any human doesn't meet meet their potential. Right? right. Exactly. I don't want to see them not meet their potential. They, you know, they're giving up twenty two points to Mirza Toledovic in nineteen minutes. They're giving up twenty points to PJ Tucker. Um, I mean, the Jazz gave up sixty eight points to this team last week. Right. Which is. That's the way. Nine points. What was it? So yeah, maybe that. Some number of points, starting with six. An in an inappropriate amount of points <laughs> to to score in an NBA game when right. you're NBA players. Um, <laughs> Jeff Dockstatter also asks. Uh, or sorry, let me go on to another question. Actually, Aaron Hefner at a Hefty says Jazz have the ninth best net rating in the league. Okay. The Jazz improved their bench this summer. What will their net rating be next season? Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect it to be higher than, like, I mean, do we think they'll be a top six dominant team? Probably not. Yeah, so I think, like, in that seven to nine range, they could improve their bench, still have the ninth net rating, and be a better team. 
Yeah. Right. Because it's all relative to how good the league is. Right. And you you look at the Jazz's record, and sure, you know, if their rating, if they had as many wins as their net rating would say, they should be like a forty-four win team. Right. right? Exactly. But still, that's that's improvable on. Yeah. And for sure. So you can you could see them only up the net rating by you know a point, let's yeah. say, and that would be that would be obviously a nice boost. But still, you could see them get you know forty. Five to forty-eight wins, which would be an improvement, still, sure. but not unreasonable. So. Right, not unreasonable. I mean, maybe even flirt with fifty wins. Uh, but I think that you look at teams like this idiotic Rockets team and think like, oh, they could be really good next year. Uh, Archie Goodwin missed two free throws. Meanwhile, James Harden made a three-point shot. It's Uh-oh. now ninety to eighty-nine. The Rockets go into the fourth with <laughs> that coveted lead. Wow. <laughs> what a bunch of competitors! They're at home. <laughs> They're at home. This Suns team was like. Like twelve and sixteen or something like that, and now they're twenty and fifty-eight, and yeah. and and you can't put them away at home. I mean, certainly injuries are part of the Suns' difficulties, but whatever they, got, they have got those them injuries. Now. <laughs> exactly, they're still starting Ronnie Price out there, right? Like. Exactly, <laughs> they're still starting two centers, Tyson Chandler and Alex Len, that don't make a lot of sense. Don't together. complement each other at all. <laughs> they're still PJ Tucker. You still have let score twenty points, right? Mirza Toledovic, sure. I mean, I don't know. He's a, he's a scorer. If Devin Booker gets going, this Rockets team. That's the done. thing is Devin Booker has not had a good game. He's four or fourteen with nine points, and still Suns trail by just one. You idiots! What are you doing? <laughs> that this is actually working. Though, they should Zach. put that. They, they went on a seven zero run when you suggested they do that at halftime, and then a five zero run just now. They uh, they should put that on the media guide next year. That's what I want to. I want a picture of. Maybe Dwight Howard's shadow, his silhouette, and then James Harden, like with this dead look in his eyes, and Jason Terry looking confused, and then just across it say, You idiots. What are you doing? <laughs> that's what they should I do. I like that as a, as a t shirt. Yeah, that's a good one. This is the least interesting breaking news ever, uh, but I just got a text from John Reinhardt, Jazz PR, saying that J- Jazz are not having shoot around tomorrow. Oh. Um, but the Clippers are, so we can go interview those guys and the, say, the Hey. Non starting lineup for the. For the Clippers. Because, I mean, Paul, Reddick, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin didn't even make the trip. Is Paul Pierce going to play? Uh, if I'm Paul Pierce maybe, and I have probably. to play tomorrow night, I would be furious. Yeah, that's that's a little bit rude, I think. Yeah, I would be really upset. Uh, this I mean, is the equivalent. He's the guy who needs to break most. Right, this is certainly. the equivalent of when, when the Thunder were constantly keeping Kendrick Perkins out of the team photos <laughs> on Instagram. Like, that's the equivalent of this. That's that's not okay. No, it's not okay. <laughs> uh, I'm just seeing. Did he start last game? Do you think if you go to the shoot around tomorrow, you've got to want like? Is your question just, hey guys, which one of you is feeling frisky tonight? Like who's who's, who, who's going to go off for 25 I points don't know unexpectedly? What, you should. I mean, I I don't know what to ask. Paul Pierce did play last night. Played 20 minutes. So and he's not on their entry list. So presumably he's playing. I would I would call my agent immediately <laughs> and have him complain to Doc. He's he's in Salt Lake as we speak is what this means. He's probably listening to the show, Paul. Paul, call into the show right now <laughs> and let us know how furious you are. I think that's that's reasonable. Again, our number eight seven seven three five three zero seven hundred. Or you can tweet us at Andy B Larson and at Talk Hoops. <laughs> Paul Pierce, let us know how you feel. He's a great tweeter. He's, he's, he's got he's those really emojis down. You think he's wearing a costume? He's a big costume wearer. Like he dressed like up on like, the road? Well, I don't know, but I, <laughs> maybe he packs one with him. But you know, he dressed up like like Buzz Lightyear. He dressed up like a Ninja Turtle, I think. Sure. He's, he's probably wearing a costume right now. Yeah. That's, that's his thing. Maybe that's why he has to play is because he didn't bring a blazer 
with him, so he can't sit on the bench, but he wants to be out there for his teammates, and you can't wear a costume. He shouldn't have, we shouldn't have brought the jersey. That, that was <laughs> That's the problem, yeah. <laughs> Got to right. get them to leave that behind. Maybe if we attack Paul Pierce enough on the show, he'll call in. Sure. Again, the number 877-353-0700. Accepting calls from Paul Pierce. I hope we get someone pretending to be Paul Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a good Paul Pierce impersonation, we will also take that. We're going to take a break. On the other side, we've got so much still to talk about on the show. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the Philadelphia 76ers and this incredible 13-page letter from Sam Hinkie announcing his resignation to the board of directors of the Philadelphia 76ers. So much to talk about there. It's an incredible document. It's great. That's next on the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Like the legend of the Phoenix. Huh. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show. I just wanted to let one line of, of that play. You know, why not? Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> 76ers, hey, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but they won 10, they've won 10 games this season, okay? They're not the worst ever. Won yeah, they're kind game. of the worst ever. What about the 72 Sixers that won only nine games? I think they could take them. If we think the, if we think the 96 Bulls can take the Warriors and sweep them, <laughs> well, Horace Grant does. He thinks they'd sweep them. <laughs> then I think the 73, 72 Has anybody asked Sixers. the 72 Sixers what, if they could beat the, the 2016 Sixers? If we had this, this Sixers team play the, the lockout Bobcats, would it be worse than a high school game? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, speaking of getting lucky, the Rockets and Suns game, currently tied at 96 because that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> at the nine-minute timeout, Archie Goodwin going to the line after the timeout. I mean, but this is a thing. Still still frightening for the Rockets. Actually, John Luer is about to go to the line, I believe. Is it? With eight minutes left. Oh, so my, my play-by-play was behind. Yeah, I just threw it up on League Pass. Oh, that's that's smart. Yeah. Archie uh, Goodwin just picked James Harden, Michael Beasley, and Trevor Ariza on the same play. That's the only way I know how to describe what just <laughs> happened. What they're showing me on a replay. I mean, so three steals in one. Three, like, it looked like three steals individually. It looked like three steals on one play. I think that's reasonable without turning the ball over. We will continue to keep you updated on the Rockets Suns. Uh, I, we need to come up with a nickname for the game if they win, like the the yeah. miracle in in Houston. Well, or, I don't this know, is some the sort of... sun setting on the Rocket season. Okay. For, for, I mean, You're the right person to ask this. This is, right, this is the only reason I'm on the show <laughs> for situations like this. Um, but we want to talk about the Sixers, the, the worst team in the league. And that's because Sam Hinkie turned in his letter of resignation last night to the, the board of directors of the Philadelphia 76ers that was 13 pages long. Naturally, it was leaked to ESPN, sure. uh, which I, I apparently he was shocked that it happened. Oh, I'm sure he was shocked that people at ESPN <laughs> ended up with it. There's no way. Out, there's yeah. no way he sent that to them. <laughs> no, certainly not. And, and as he pointed out, as someone pointed out on Twitter, like, do you normally put your Twitter handle in your resignation letters? Like, are you, is that something you normally do? It got me to follow him. Yeah, you know, it, it absolutely worked. Yeah, but if you're just writing to those twelve people, it's not helping your follower count that much. I. Pablo Torre of ESPN brought up a great point that at some point you know that minority owner of the Sixers, Will Smith, 
ended up with this letter. <laughs> That's which is great. <laughs> which what I, are the chances Will Smith read that? The entire thing? Yeah. Not like. Did you read the entire thing? I did. I, I absolutely did. Enjoyed every second of it. Like I, I had to get comfortable for I it, had certainly. to go I had to go over a couple of sections a few times to realize what he was saying. Because yeah. it is it's all over the place. It reads like this faux intellectual Absolutely. It's it's um, a Malcolm Gladwell book. Right, exactly. It's it was trying really hard to to be this sociological business look mm-hmm. at what he did when really all it should have said was, Look, I try I tried to game the system and it didn't work. These guys don't want me to do it anymore. I'll see you later. Follow uh, me on out. Twitter at Sam Hinky. <laughs> That's all it should have said. I, I mean, it's just, first of all, a 13-page resignation letter is incredible, right? Like, that, that's, uh, you can say, hey, under these circumstances, I no longer feel I can lead you very well. You know, one page suffices. You don't have to go into this personal tragedy you felt right. when Joel Anthony was traded to the Celtics instead of you. Or when you messed up and couldn't get Robert Covington on your summer league team. Like, but then still got him anyway. But then still ended up with him <laughs> a year and a half later. And, and yell excelsior as you as you pump your fist. And by the way, like if you would have had Robert Covington earlier, maybe he helps you win more games. That's that's right. If you're so big on him, what you want exactly? <laughs> maybe you shouldn't. Have, well, I've, this wasn't in the letter, but he did say that they were bad this year because Kendall Marshall wasn't playing. And by the way, Kendall Marshall not good. Right. So that, I don't that know how incredible. that would have helped. I mean, I've used incredible so many times already. Uh, yeah. I mean, KJ, Mc, not KJ McDaniel's. Uh, TJ Mc. T.J. McConnell. T.J. McConnell, thank yeah. you. I, you understand why I got those players confused. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, former Celtic and current Celtic, but he's not a good player, McConnell. Um, I, I don't no. like him at all. No, no, he's terrible. No, he like he's kind of who was the guy for um, who Kraft? Aaron Kraft? Yeah, the he's Ohio Aaron State Kraft, guy, but probably worse. Yeah, I remember like he was getting a lot of coverage on the Warriors summer league team, and even then, I thought like this is. This is out of control. See, and I think it's because the Sixers went to the Jazz's summer league here, and then I went to Vegas and watched more TJ. That's McConnell. a lot of TJ McConnell. There's just so much TJ McConnell, and he he tries, but it's just not very good I at mean, basketball. I I grew to hate him. I try sometimes. It doesn't mean <laughs> I should be on an NBA team. Uh, he has a fake quote from Abraham Lincoln in here. Yeah. Which I mean, let me just read it to you because that that's going to be the easiest thing. Abraham Lincoln said, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. Abraham Lincoln said no such thing. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> sure. Abraham Lincoln also said, it's really hard to fact check things that are said on the internet. Also, uh, yeah. Okay, so there's that. <laughs> Other point. Uh, next paragraph, in fact. In, the May, in May of 1969, a 38-year-old Warren Buffett sat down at a typewriter to inform his investors that he was closing his fund. His reason market conditions were such that he could no longer have the requisite confidence he could make good decisions on behalf of the investors. For me, that's today. Like, you're just comparing yourself to early Warren Buffett, and you're like, <laughs> uh, and later you're going to talk about humility? I get it. Like, I, I mean, not that. I don't get that. <laughs> I get it, though. Like, he was given a job, and he gave them a plan, and he said, give me three years of just awful basketball. Mm-hmm. It will pay off because we'll get all these draft picks. We'll maximize this high draft position. It didn't work, right? Or at least it right. doesn't work to this point. They didn't get the draft picks they needed, and because of that, it's kind of messed up their plan. But I do think he should have had the summer to figure out how to get this team ready to somewhat compete next year, like Agreed. not make the playoffs. But like that was the plan, and then they got 
you know, a little gun shy of saying like, oh, this is really hard. We're an embarrassment. Like you didn't know that was going to happen. And then they're kind of strong armed into bringing Jerry Colangelo in. And now Jerry Colangelo wants to bring his son in and he wanted to partner. Well, I don't really believe that he wanted to partner Colangelo, his son with Sam Hinkie. I think he knew that was going to drive Sam Hinkie out. Right. So like he got his plan done, but Sam Hinkie didn't get to use his plan. And now I don't even think like some people are saying, oh, well, he has a perfect out is that if they become good, it's look what he built. And if they're bad, it's I didn't get to keep my plan going. But I don't think that's true. I think it's you you didn't stick to what you were supposed to do. So it doesn't matter what happens from now. We don't know what would have happened with Sam Hickey. It's not the you can play devil's advocate. It's that we don't know. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I would say his strategy was so high variance, right? Right. To, to lose, then you got to have luck go your way in terms of getting the picks that you want. And then when you draft those guys, he went high variance on that too with Joel Embiid and, and Dario Saric. And, and, and uh, I mean, Nerlens Noel, I think, was probably a high variance pick sure. because of the injuries right. and whatever else. Uh, certainly drafting three centers is, is kind of a, a high variance play. Yeah, the Sonics did that in their mid-2000s with Yoan Petro, Sire Sene, and Robert Swift. I mean, this is going the sport. This is going better than that. I'll give them, yeah. I'll give them that. Uh, I I don't even know if I would have done any of the picks differently. Um, That's the thing. I would have I would have taken the risk on Joel Embiid. I know the yeah. medical report. I know all the the injury going in. I still would have said, look, if we can get this guy healthy, he's a monster. Yeah, because I mean the the analytics were incredible on him yeah. as as a prospect and his and skills. The, he just yeah. didn't ha- he doesn't have a hole in his game. He has one in his foot, and that's the problem. But. Right. He didn't have a hole in his game. But I, I yeah, I agree that I, I would have taken him. Um, for what it's worth, the Jazz have told me they haven't. They wouldn't have taken him. Right. Um, which, you know, again, makes sense, kind of where they are as an organization. Yeah. But Hinky wanted to take on that risk. It just hasn't panned out to this point. Uh, I think Sarge is an, was an interesting... I think he's good. I mean, he's good in Europe. I, I like yeah. him. Uh, and he was fine that... He didn't need help right away. I guess he right. did in that his team was bad, but it, his window was always so far down the road that it right. didn't matter to him if he came over this year or two years down the yeah, road. Yeah, I wonder, do you think, like, let's say for whatever reason in this alternate universe that that this Planet Nine is not trying to kill us, but this alternate <laughs> universe, uh, Chris Epsworth-Zingas comes out this year, not last year. Mm-hmm. Do you think there is as much scrutiny on, oh, you took Jaleel Okafor instead of Chris Epsworth-Zingas, and Porzingis looks like to be the star, and Okafor's good, but he's not, like, Oh my God! You have Jaleel Okafor. Do you think that factored in at all? So Okafor, I mean, I guess. So you're still they... taking Okafor third instead of I don't know Hazonia or Willie yeah, Hallstein okay. or yeah. I, I mean, I think a little bit, right? Like yeah. again, maybe if you're going high variance, you go for the the Porzingis kid, right? Like sure. you go for the lanky European who's got the jump shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's fair. And honestly, that that to me was the most confusing pick of the whole thing is because Okafor was actually kind of a sure thing, right? Like we right. kind of. Everyone kind of knew that he'd be Al Jefferson, right? Like, right. That's that's kind of what he is. Yeah. And we knew enough of his college background and his play and, and really his measurables that it wasn't going to be that different from that. And ultimately that they took him anyway was kind of a little bit confusing to me. Yeah, I mean, I do get the whole, like, look, take the best player available because, especially with the Sixers team, they were probably going to flip him at some point. There were rumors that they tried to flip him right. at the trade deadline. Uh, you know, I think – I don't think it's – I don't think it's, like – he got. We're even getting a little bit of revisionist history today about. Look, he he traded the rookie of the year, Michael Carter. Like Michael Carter Williams sucks, right? And he wasn't. And he wasn't even good as this, on but the Sixers. I, he just got to accumulate stats. Yeah, I do think that that uh, hurt his cred a little bit, though. 
I think that hurt. Uh, like, sure. I think that was absolutely the right move. Yeah. But I think that that hurt his. Uh, when when you got the rookie of the year and traded it away, right. then it, it seemed like you could kick that timeline down the road. And, and sure, but the optics on the mood were bad. Uh, on that move were bad at the time. Sure, which I think is ridiculous because I think that's you're letting a meaningless award. Yeah. Color no, your fair. your analysis of a trade. Whereas if Victor Oladipo wins rookie of the year, you know that year, then. Do we care that they traded Michael Carter Williams for the number three pick or for the Lakers' top three protected pick, or do we go, oh my God, Sam Hinkie's a genius? Right. No, that's yeah, and and I mean, I think that's yeah, clearly the right pick. They yeah. have, as he points out in the letter, a fifty-fifty chance at having two top five picks in this year's yeah, draft. Yeah, I mean, that's that would that would be very good if you're Sam Hinkie this summer. It, well, if you keep your job, right? Exactly, <laughs> which he did not. And unfortunately, that's not the case. What What do you make of the Colangelos? Do you think that they are good GMs? I, I mean, did a good job in Phoenix. Okay, you know, I mean, I, I think it. I, I do you think that they get rid of Brett Brown? Brett Brown's a very highly I think regarded. He's a good coach. I think he's a great coach, and I think that he's done a great job with what he's been given, and he, he develops guys. He's turned like last year, he turned them into I think like top seventeen defense yeah. for who they have. Like that's incredible. Um, but there is the you know you have the two Colangelos in place. You have Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, on the bench. I, I think it's more likely than not that Brett Brown is gone, and I don't think it's the right move because right. I think he's exactly. He's but then they get to recreate, try to recreate seven seconds or less somehow. I mean, I don't know how you do that with what they have or what they could possibly have. But <laughs> three centers, you, seven seconds or less. Let's do it. All right, let's say you end up with Ben Simmons and Jamal Murray in the top five picks. That's yeah. a fun young team. That's a really fun young team. Poor Sam Hinkie. I know. But here's the thing: is he's. I mean, he's resigned, right? It's not like he was fired, right? But he was kind of being pushed out anyway. Fair. But you, you can't here. You can't go through this entire process and be as quiet as he was. I don't think you have to sell the fans. I think the fans knew what this was. I think it was pretty obvious. I think you have to talk to the media more than draft night. Yeah, and I think you have to, you know, kind of take those lumps. Be you know, sure it's tough because you're in Philadelphia and all that stuff, but. You have to take those lumps within the process, and I think he thought, well, I know what I'm doing. I'm too smart for these guys. I shouldn't have to explain myself. And that's the problem is there is this hubris involved that is ultimately what got at least the vision of his plan. Like People were always going to have a problem with tanking. I personally don't. I think it's a smart strategy for rebuilding a team. It was extreme the way he did it, mm-hmm. but I think it's smart. And I, you know, a lot of teams right now aren't trying at all, and we're not upset at them, but we were upset with Sam Hinkie for being obvious about it. And I think that that's wrong. But the way you present it, the way you come off to people, uh, you know, if you're going to have this plan, you know, at some point ownership can can waffle on you, and that's what right. they did. Right. And then you have to explain yourself, and he didn't do that. Yeah. Um, Rockets are up three right now on the Suns. By the way, okay. four minutes left. Uh, Devin Booker just turned over the ball. Sure. So, I mean, that's what you'd expect. But oh well. That that this game is as close as it is. You know, from here we're playing with house money. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I think if, so too. If, if the Suns win, great. And if they don't, well, it was it was fun. Anyway. As as long as Toledovic stays in the game, they'll be fine. Uh, yeah, is he in the game right now? He is in the game. Good. All right, three point buckets. Let's let's get it done. Uh, <laughs> I did I did find maybe the funniest part. Well, there are two really yeah, funny parts ahead. to me. One mentioning the moa, which is <laughs> yeah. a New Zealand bird that's been extinct for I don't know that twenty thousand years or whatever. Blue. Um, so that was, that was weird. Although I, I saw pictures of it and they look fascinating. They look like <laughs> gigantic ostriches. So yeah. that would have been cool to see, I guess. So thanks Sam Hinky for teaching me about that. And then, uh, he said, where is this? He said, 
I will be repotted professionally. Yeah. <laughs> that was his way of saying, I'll be back, which now I want the Terminator to be redone <laughs> with them saying, I'll be repotted uh, professionally. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's a brilliant, brilliant idea. Uh, <laughs> I also like the idea that, um, that he was essentially trying to quote unquote, hide his plan so that others wouldn't, wouldn't try to copy it. Like no that's one's a great ever example of the hubris right, you're talking about. Like no one's ever thought about tanking. Like I watched, Mark Madsen takes six three-pointers in the fourth quarter and <laughs> overtime of Minnesota Timberwolves game in, I think, 2007. Yeah. I've seen tanking before, Sam Hinkie. Yeah. And it's not uh, – everyone knew what was happening. Right. It's, yeah. This idea that you were hiding – Yeah, like no one knew. Like as soon, And as soon as, as soon as you didn't re-sign Andrew Bynum, which, by the way, the correct move mm-hmm. because we find out that his knees are trash. Yeah. But as soon as you didn't re-sign him, it was pretty obvious, like, they have no intention of winning. Right. So that was like two months into your job. Right. We knew. They knew. Like your competitors knew. Your competitors were mad about how overt you are. The players' union was mad about it because of he wouldn't spend any money on free agents, which screws up the free agent market. That right. that criticism I actually agree with. Not or, that you have to bid on free agents, but to remove yourself for three summers is bad. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think like Seth Partnow's case here that like they would have been – if they had gotten Jeremy Lin, say, to be their point guard sure. this season – They'd be much more watchable. They'd have, you know, they'd probably be in the same win range. Yeah. Uh, but they'd have some idea of how good their bigs are while being set up by a competent NBA point guard and not TJ McConnell. Right. Exactly. Uh, and even if that's Kendall Marshall, competent NBA point guard instead of Kendall Marshall. Right. And I think also just like, okay, we're gonna go get Kendall Marshall, but we're going to pay him eight million dollars because we can pay him eight million dollars because we have all this cap room. You don't commit. It's kind of like when the Nets. Resigned Chris Humphreys for like two years, twenty four million. <laughs> People freaked out, but it was like we can spend the money, right? What else so are we gonna use right, it? so like as long as it's not a long term deal, there's no, there's no nothing really bad about it. You're at least helping set a market in some way. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, Suns up one eleven, one ten, two eleven left. Uh, Tyson Chandler just got a steal. Telly's so... Telly's got the ball. Just so you know. <laughs> Pop it. Just shoot it, Talanovich. Shoot it. He's in the paint. I don't like this. <laughs> oh, he got fouled, but he was in the paint. Just stay outside the three-point line. <laughs> get fouled out there. Come yeah, on. Exactly. Three is more than two. Exactly. We're going to be keeping an eye on that game. A uh, couple other Twitter questions from, from the universe uh, that's trying to kill us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> question, how are the Jazz going to get the go-to guy? This is from Alex Hunt, by the way. How are the Jazz going to get the go-to guy we keep hearing they need without sacrificing Rudy, Faves, Gordon, Rodney Hood, or Don DeExum? I think, uh, they, I think they have, too. They have two go-to guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the idea that you need a go-to guy is, I think, a little bit outdated. And at, at least, maybe you hope that one of those guys or two of those guys develop into something. Yeah, I agree. I do. I do think that, like, if you give me a situation where where a team has a superstar for end of game, and another team has like, oh, we're a team, we're the Atlanta Hawks, we're a team. Like, I'll take the superstar every time because mm-hmm. I think that focus matters. One of the criticisms I had of the Hawks last year is people said. Oh, in clutch situations, you don't know who's going to get the ball. And my criticism was they don't know who's going to get the ball. So why are the Thunder so bad in the clutch? That's something I cannot explain in any right, way. Like, yeah. That would be your ideal Well, team. part of the problem is they're so bad defensively. It puts way more pressure on the offense to come through. Okay. Um, so I think if they were better defensively in the clutch, that they would be, they would be much better on offense. Uh, and their offense is still decent. It's just not good enough because of the, because of the defense. But... Um, but I think that you can go to Gordon Hayward late in games. You can go to Rodney Hood late in games. And I think you're fine. Yeah, I mean, the Jazz's offense in clutch situations has been actually pretty great this yeah. season. They're in the top five right. in the league, which is, you know, again, not giving the, spot, the star thing 
that's the and, very best. You and can considering help the injuries, it's they actually had. the defense that struggled so far this season. Right. I think we saw that actually in the end of the Spurs game, absolutely. where they, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Tony Parker got the got the shots off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other questions, by the way. Suns now up 113-110 after Tolenovic hit both free throws. It's the three-minute timeout. Uh, two minutes left, actually. 158 left, to be very precise. Uh, let's see. What else? Are, oh, okay. Who would win in a fight between you two from Jerem Moore? I think you definitely would. You, like, punch a boxing bag and stuff. Yeah. And I am a nerd who... <laughs> Sure. I have no upper body strength. Like yeah. I play soccer, I guess, but you know, I'm not gonna win that it, way. It's I mean, if we play soccer to the death, you'll win. Right. Because I'm but not that's a good not soccer. How this works. No, that's not how he fights work generally. Fight. <laughs> uh yeah, like I mean it's been You're gonna win. It's been twelve years, ten years since I've been in a fight. But I'm comfortable I, with that. Yeah, I feel like I no offense, I feel like I could handle myself against you. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. So, I don't know yeah, why Zach we Harper would win. I don't know why we like, what would have to happen for us to come to blows? Like, <laughs> I mean, uh, you insult Carl Anthony Towns and I go yeah, crazy. Like, like, that's really the only thing. We're I, married. Like, right. I say, right. That's domestic abuse. We can't we do can't, that. No. Like, I, like, what if I made fun of calculus? Like, I don't know if that would make you mad. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Right. I hate calculus, by the way. It's all rolled off my shoulders. <laughs> Your math insults mean nothing. Right. Uh, from Jeff at JPY Blue, will there be a parade when Trey Lyles wins next year's sixth of man year award? A yeah. parade, a literal parade. Yes. Why not? What else are you gonna throw a parade for? I will host. Yeah, I, I'll certainly attend the parade. The four seed gets the sixth man of the year. I'm in. Yeah, I, I'm for parade. Jeff, are you are you organizing it? I mean, certainly you can participate. I just want to know more details. Yeah, I guess how long? I'm happy to promote your parade. How long does the parade have to be? To to be a, <laughs> to parade, be a parade rather than just like an inconvenience. A march. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Is it a march? Is it a a marathon? Yeah, I think it has to be like a five k. What like what if we had a, a half mile? What if to like coincide with NBA Fit Week, we had a a Trey Lyles five k celebration for six man of the year? I think that's that's reasonable. You promote health. You might get the first lady to come. She's big into health. I think we could do this. Dwight Howard missed a six foot hook shot. They fouled PJ Tucker on the rebound, and he's made the first free throw. So one forty two left. Suns now up four. <sighs> he has a he has a spider web tattoo on his left shoulder that I'm not a fan of. PJ Tucker? Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's 115, 110. We're gonna said. do our tattoo bracket. We've talked about it. Yes. We're gonna wait until we need stuff to talk about. <laughs> we're gonna wait until August. <laughs> but yeah. But in terms of content that will happen on the Salt City Hoop show, the, the tattoo bracket is definitely, so look definitely forward, gonna happen. Look forward to that. Uh, I had another Twitter question. Oh, how do you feel about resting players? What is your personal opinion? Jeff Dockstatter tweets us. I have no problem with it. I have no problem with it. I, like, I agree. Kind of, it, It's a bummer from a fan perspective. I you get know, that. Like, if you brought your little boy to the Clippers game and you're going to be like, oh, you're going to see Blake Griffin. <laughs> and you don't get to see Blake Griffin. You're like, it's a bummer. But ultimately, like, it happens in every other sport. Yeah. Uh, I th- I life th- is tough. I don't want to be cruel, too. But, like, if you're buying a late April, you know, a late season, mid-April game tickets, like, that, that may be the only tickets you can get that you know, to show your son, like, the player he likes or whatever, but you have to know that risk going in. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just too big of a basketball nerd to, like, remove myself from that, from feelings, but I just kind of feel like that's the way it it is. And I think, like, if they, I don't know, I just kind of look at it as running business. Like, if you if you want to make a decision that hurts your business that day, <laughs> you're able to do that. Yeah. Like, that's Agreed. your right. Yeah, there there shouldn't be anyone forcing you to, to you know, like the Sixers, for example, there shouldn't be anyone forcing you to play, I don't know, 
Robert Covington or, or TJ McConnell right. over whoever. Like, just do do you. If right. You're great at it. Cool. I don't know. Uh, by the way, Devin Booker just hit two free throws. It's 117-110 with, wow. with 103 left, and fans are leaving. Rockets fans are fans leaving. Are leaving. I understand. They should the be The Toyota Center upset. is emptying. Wow. You idiots. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, okay, it's a full-time outlet right now. Let's go ahead and take a break on the show and come back and, and talk about the end of this game because, wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. The Suns have done it. I mean, you idiots. <laughs> what are you doing? 124, 115. The Phoenix Suns beat the Houston Rockets in Houston, giving Houston a critical loss at, uh, I mean, at home. How do you give up 124 points to the Phoenix Suns? Lose by 10 in the fourth quarter when you know you need that win. And, uh, I mean, uh, explain, Zach. <laughs> Here's the problem. They couldn't box out P.J. Tucker, who's like 6'3", who's very strong, but he's 6'3". That wasn't their... If that was their only problem... But this is... I mean, this came when... All right, you're down like... Okay, he had seven offensive rebounds for the game. Right, exactly. Like, you can't box him out. That's embarrassing. And you have Dwight Howard, you have Trevor Ariza, you have James Harden, who's a good rebounder. Like, you have all these guys, and you have put together... Like, you have all of this talent, and all the things... like. All of the things that you've been criticized for, not having a leader, no one likes each other, you can't play together, you you know, you're you're soft, like all of this stuff, all of these criticisms criticisms, which should be cliched and horrible, are validated because you can't win against a twenty and I'm sorry, a twenty one and fifty eight Suns team now at home when you just have to you just have to win four easy games to secure the a playoff spot that you should have secured two weeks ago. Like you haven't had injuries. Nope. You you had so many injuries last year and got the two seed. Won what fifty six games or something like that. You played James Harden forty three minutes and he had thirty points on fourteen shots. That's a game you should win. That's absolutely a game you should win. Trevor Ariza was twenty two points on eleven and on eleven shots. Like you you just suck. You suck mentally. You can't defend. Like That's the thing, right? Like you look and you shoot fifty-seven percent for a game, and you lose it and to the Suns. And you can't blame this on James Harden for the defense. Like Dwight Howard is still a very good defender. Trevor Ariza should be a good defender. You have Patrick Beverly, who's one of the best defenders at the point guard position. You have all these guys who can do all of these things, and no one does anything. Like I don't even know why I'm mad about this. I just feel like it's offensive. Like I feel like I'm going complete sports talk radio mode right now. But that's the perfect place for it. But I can't stand it. Like you should be so much better than this. Why do you suck so much? Why are you so dumb that you can't you can't secure a playoff spot in a year where the West is down? The Rockets shot 56.8% from the field. Suns shot 46.8% from the field and they still scored 124 points against you. That's because they got 20 offensive rebounds. They had more turnovers than the Rockets. They had 19 turnovers. How how do you lose that game? I don't. I mean, it that's incredible. I, I'm less mad than you because right because holy <laughs> cow, this is amazing. No, it's for great the for jazz. the Jazz. Like I'm happy for the Jazz. This is great, but it's just you should have some kind of heart. Like that's such a cliche to, thing to attack and say you're you like you're mentally weak and you have no heart. 
because I really have a problem with attacking like the psychological aspect of sports because we don't know these guys at all, right? But I don't know how else you explain it. James Hansen tweets us, Earl Watson still providing assists for the Jazz. Earl Watson should. (laughs) I think I saw someone say that Earl Watson should get his jersey retired if they pull this off. I'm fine with that. Sure. Trevor Booker just tweeted, Welp. (laughs) (laughs) Booker for president. How how, How do you suck so bad when you have so much talent? Jazz playoff odds, by the way, now 95%. Rockets playoff odds, 13% now, thanks to this loss. I mean, that's this is everything. It is. I, we should get thir- Tim Cato back on the phone. They're 38 and 41. <laughs> Can we just call Tim yeah, and have Tim, a party? Anyone else who celebrate. wants to call in, and by the way, and right. have a party? 877-353-0700. Whether or not you sound like Paul Pierce. <laughs> Right, no longer a requirement at this point. No longer a requirement. By the way, John, our, John LaFollette, our producer, uh, said that we've had two people call us today and then say that th- it's the wrong number. Sure. Like uh, calling 877-353-0700 is something that you just do by accident. Paul Pierce got I mean, gun shy. <laughs> I think that's he what did. happened. He was like, I don't actually want to talk to these guys. Oh, how? It's, it's so incredible. Uh, I mean... We're supposed to be talking about other stuff right now, but it's just hard to when something of this magnitude has just happened. Uh, and this in- uh, unbelievable. Let's look at the standings right now, because sure. that's what we were going to talk about anyway. And right. they, they are different than <laughs> before. Uh, Eastern Conference, Cleveland Cavaliers now lead the Raptors by three and a half. It looks very, very, very likely that they'll be the number one seed. Uh, Atlanta, Boston, Miami, and Charlotte still within one and a half games of each other for three through six. And then Indiana and Detroit are separating themselves from the nine and 10, uh, pack there, Chicago and Washington. It looks like the playoffs are, are probably set in the Eastern conference. Yeah. I think that we have to still figure out the seedings. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, and, but in the eight teams where we pretty much know yeah, uh, the are. bulls are, they would. It takes a miracle at this point, and the Wizards are. They're not the Rockets, but they're not <laughs> far from it. Yeah, which, which again is is discouraging. As just like someone who roots in human potential. Also, right. I was kind of hoping Kevin Durant would go to the the Wizards because I think that'd be fun. He'd be going home, it and he'd be, be out of fun. the Western Conference. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think there's merit to the idea that maybe he should go to Boston? Do they have enough? I think that's fun. Like enough to win a title with um, him. No, I mean no, they don't. But. Enough to challenge the Cavs? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm comfortable with that. I think okay. I think that's a that's a very good and, game. And, like, and if you get Durant, then maybe you get other guys, right? The Cavs only have ten more wins than the Celtics this year. Yeah. I mean that, think I think Durant's that's a ten win player. I think that says, says more about the Cavs sure. than but than the Celtics. But yeah, I like, think that says that the Celtics could beat the Cavs, right? Like I mean, Sure, I guess so. Yeah, that's a fair counter. Uh Western Conference. Golden State Warriors still sixty nine wins despite the couple of losses this week. Uh, 65 wins for the San Antonio Spurs, three and a half games back. Thunder, 15.5 games back. Clippers, 19 games back. Grizzlies, fifth seed for now. Um, Portland, sixth seed. They're very likely to take over the Memphis's fifth spot. And then now, after that, Houston Rockets loss. We've got Dallas in seventh, Jazz in eighth, uh, one game behind Dallas. And then Houston, now a game and a half fully behind the Utah Jazz. It looks very, very likely that they will miss the playoffs. Again, 538's playoff odds that there says that there's only a 13% chance the Rockets make the playoffs now. 95% chance for the Jazz. So you think 2-2 two and two does it? 
the for, rest of the way for the Jazz? For the like, jazz? what do you think? What do you think clinches? Uh, prob. Let's see. So you need. Uh, I think you still need. What was their magic number four or yeah, something like that? So, so now it's three. Now it's three. Uh, yeah, I, two wins should clinch it. Well, no, because oh no, because the, they have Rocket's schedule is so easy. Right. That's well. We right, thought that going into tonight too. Sure, but I I don't feel comfortable just winning two games. Certainly, okay. and then counting on one of Minnesota, the Lakers, and and Phoenix. Or sure. Not Phoenix, but uh, Sacramento, Sacramento. To, to win. I mean, yes, this happened tonight, and it is a glorious and incredible incredible thing. And yeah, they might actually just tank the rest of the season because they're so mentally and apparently physically broken. Right. Uh, but I mean, still, Jazz winning three games now does it. They suck. This Rockets team sucks. <laughs> I'm so offended for basketball. You idiots. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. <laughs> that sums it up perfectly. <laughs> uh, I, I can't believe they got like beaten in the fourth quarter, right? Right. At home. At home. To the Suns. Uh, I... I I'm so happy right now. I don't know what to do with my hands. Like <laughs> <laughs> to a team that fired two assistant coaches before they fired their head coach who lost their starting backcourt. Can't beat them. Not at home. <laughs> Can't keep them under 120 at home. The team starts Ronnie Price. Right. And yeah, two centers like we talked about that don't fit. That don't fit at all. Right. That that should be honestly that should be the who the Rockets beat, right? Like uh, you you pace and space them and win. You should smoke them by 30. The Jazz did last right, week. Right, exactly. With the worst roster. This Rockets team is technically better than the Jazz, at least from talent-wise. Yeah, I mean, certainly not with these with these standings. Not when you not when you throw, you know, caring into it. <laughs> not when you throw coaching into it, but just talent-wise, it should be better. Yeah. Uh, it's... Can you imagine what Quinn Snyder would do with that team? No offense. I'm not blaming J.B. Bickerstaff. I just think that... I don't think he's helped. Yeah, right. I don't know that you could help. You would have to have a real, like a real coach from the start. Right. That coaching change in the middle of the season, like, I don't think it works out that often. No, I don't get what that. I mean, I understand that they were underperforming then, but I don't understand then why you promote JB Bickerstaff, who's you know nice. I I don't know what changes he brings other than being just a different voice. Right, just the same voice. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it is because he's from the same coaching staff, so they're going to run the same stuff. It's not like you're going to implement a, new stuff. Yeah, physically so, different body. Right. Yeah. Same, like he walks thing. better than Kevin McHale does. Yeah. Maybe that. Shout out to fusing practice. bones and joints and stuff. All right. Well, the Suns did it. Beat the Rockets. I know you're offended. I'm thrilled. I'm happy for you. Throwing I'm happy for you, Jazz fans, but you idiots. <laughs> uh,. Okay, I'm just going to do some quick around the NBA things it. just because we're supposed to talk about them. Sure. Uh, Matthew Del Vadova wore a high tech like activity tracker, basically a fancy like Fitbit. Fitbit, right. yeah. In 15 games before someone noticed and tipped off the NBA. And you know, of course, you're not allowed to do that in actual NBA game action. So uh, it, just given a warning. It just, but it just makes just, me think that D'Angelo Russell is wearing a nanny cam. <laughs> right now, and no one knows. Yeah, there's there's so much <laughs> that we just don't know. Right. Uh, the Knicks are considering giving Kurt Rambis a multi-year contract to be their head coach. You have personal experience with Kurt Rambis. I do. As a he's coach. a horrible coach. He's he's not good. He's so bad. He started. He played Ryan Hollins over Kevin Love. Um. It it was it was really bad. Here's the incredible thing about this story, is the 
longtime manager of the Eagles, not the Philadelphia Eagles, the band, the Eagles, <laughs> is influencing Phil Jackson to give Kurt Rambis this long-term deal. What? And at the same time, James Dolan is like, I don't know about this. James Dolan is the <laughs> voice of reason in this situation. Wow. At least so far. I think Phil just wants to be fired, right? Yeah. Is that, to LA, is that the idea? Hang out with Jeannie? Yeah. Run the, run the Lakers? Still get your contract. Yeah, Jim Buss isn't going to be around much longer. He's going to get fired. That's a pretty brilliant move, actually. That is kind of... All right. <laughs> Maybe you can hire the Eagles. You know, props to Phil. <laughs> right, yeah. Good job, Phil. This is actually Getting brilliant. Getting paid, don't have to work, yeah. just by uh, doing bad ideas. Well, know that if this summer, if they trade Chris Epps-Porzingis for D'Angelo Russell, that this is really in motion. <laughs> I, I, I'm for that trade. Yeah. No, actually, I'm not because it would make the Lakers better and then right, you can't then, run LOL Lakers right. on the LOL show. Knicks doesn't have the same ring no. to it. Uh, Sixers have 10 wins now. No GM, but or I guess the, they do have a GM. They're, they're, Colangelo, right, but there's your parade. 10 wins, so <laughs> whoop-de-doo. <sighs> I keep getting texts from my friends that are just like <laughs> <laughs> celebrating and laughing. And I, I anyway... Uh, more Sixers news. Allen Iverson made the Hall of Fame on the first ballot, so that's fun. Joins a class with Shaquille O'Neal, Yao Ming, Cheryl Swoops, and Tom Izzo. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to, to Shaq's speech and Allen Iverson's speech. Mike Conley's out for the rest of the regular season and playoffs. Yeah, we knew that was going to happen. Uh, Zach, oh, Tabo Sevalosha is suing the NYPD for breaking his leg. Which As he should. Seems completely reasonable. Go if, get him. If if you know we get in our fight and you break my leg, I'm right. going to sue you. You should, as you should. <laughs> that's that's how this is. Uh, work. Really great, really great piece on uh, by Roy Wood Jr. on the Daily Show from like a week or two ago about the whole Thabo Sefalosha thing. So okay. I would check that out. On I shall do. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Charles Barkley uh, says that the NBA should move the NBA All Star Game out of North Carolina. We talked about that Before issue that. last week, but yeah. it's interesting that Charles Barkley, who's typically Southern and, and generally kind of conservative in his yeah. views is also against this. Good on that's, him. Yeah, pro Charles Barkley. And Zach Levine donated his dunk contest winnings to uh, School for the Deaf in, Minina- in Minneapolis. Yeah, to build a kind of a kitchen at, you know, for the school. And Zach's a great guy. Like, it's amazing he's 20, 21 years old because he's way more mature than, than I am now, frankly, <laughs> at 34. <laughs> Which, <laughs> he's a good guy. Good. Uh, I mean, Suns beat the Rockets, y'all. Let's let's celebrate. celebrate. In fact, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go to break, celebrate, run around the studios, come back, and uh, talk about basketball and maybe this police chase. That's next on the Salt City Oop Show, ESPN 700. Listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Yes! Woohoo! Rock and roll! Oh, yes! 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 We got it, baby! We got it! We got it! Woo! Woo! We got it! Yes! Thanks, Jim Cantori, for uh, that contribution to our show. We do have one party show, on a party song on the show, and it is Celebrate Good yeah. Times. They're great. Cool in the game. Yeah, of course. I uh, Suns beat the Rockets one twelve to one fifteen uh, in a game that they should have definitely lost. Uh, the Rockets should have definitely won, and yet that's not how basketball worked. I mean, there have been some incredible tweets, by the way, on this tonight. Uh, I mean, from Ananth Pandian, uh, yeah. his tweet showing this play where they actually bounce the ball in off somebody on the Rockets' back. Was that Trevor Ariza's back is is. 
friendly. It's it's, it's his butt. Low, lower back, yeah, it's his butt. <laughs> we can say butt on the radio. <laughs> yeah, we're we're okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just it's it's absolutely incredible. Again, thanks to Earl Watson. Shout and, out to Earl Watson, Mirzatlinovich. Uh, <laughs> what did you say? He was a plus thirty net rating. He was yeah, plus thirty net rating, plus twenty three. No one else on the Suns was more than a plus six. It was all it was all Mirza. We should send gift baskets to Teletovic. What what's the Eastern European equivalent? What is what does he want? I don't know a ticket to America. I don't know. Like he's here. <laughs> he's like he's here. like yeah, he's fine. Like he's happy. He's got a, a decent contract. He'll be great. And again, in a, in a game that James Harden went ten of fourteen and Ariza went eight for eleven, the Rockets still lost. They Defense. were. I believe they there was a thirty six to eight advantage for the Suns on second chance points. You said that they rebounded half of their own misses. <laughs> yep. Unreal. Uh, I mean, it's it's just it's just incredible. But so again, Jazz's odds of making the playoffs are now ninety five percent. They if they go three and one in the, these last four games, then they make the playoffs. Or if the Rockets lose two more, right? Now so, all of a sudden, actually, now all of a sudden, that Rockets loss last night looks great. It, now it does look great. Correct. So anyway. Uh, well, I, I agree with your, your work yesterday. <laughs> An hour and a half later, I agree with it. <laughs> where it, I said it just didn't matter. A uh, couple of things. We, we, I wanted to talk about this car chase, this police chase a little bit from oh, today. I love, I love car chases. First of all, police chases are just amazing TV anyway. But this may have been the greatest of all time police chase. Sure. So it happens in LA because that's where all that's police chases happen. all happen. <laughs> Every single one. And so I'm watching this for an hour and a half. Guy's in a convertible. During the chase, he drops the convertible down in the rain, which is great. First of all, to take the top off in the rain. But sure, why not? Then he starts doing donuts while the police are chasing him in on top of an overpass, which is I gotta say, some top-level trolling. This is a heat check. If I have ever <laughs> seen a heat check, it is... It is not J.R. Smith. It is not Dion Waiters. It's not Jordan Crawford or Jamal Crawford. It is these guys driving. Drives down Hollywood Boulevard, Boulevard, just so you know all the tourists can right. make sure they get the L.A. experience. Then they go on the freeway, get cut off by a TMZ bus. Right. Immediately ram it back into reverse so they can get around to the TMZ bus. And I think they threw a cheeseburger at the bus. And then. Amazingly, the cops stop chasing them after a while. Yeah, you get tired. They go. <laughs> I don't get how that happens. They pull. The news helicopters are still watching them. They pull off back into their neighborhood, just park the car, and start like dabbing up their boys. Right. Just, like high fives. Taking the, selfies. People are in the, on the street are taking selfies with them. They're just chilling on the hood of their car, like the best police chase ever. It's great because no one got hurt, right? No, not at all. So no one got hurt. TMC bus has to be cleaned. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, and then they get they get away and then they just wait. Like they're they not they're not running minutes. anymore. They're just like, "All right, we'll take it." Like, we'll <laughs> wear this one. We got we had our fun. And there's a great shot I am sure you can find it on Tumblr or the internet or something where uh it's just a cutout of those guys on the car just hanging out after they were, had stopped and were taking selfies, and it and it looks like a like an album cover. <laughs> it has the explicit lyrics next to it. It's a perfect al- album sh- cover. 
I mean, that is the most legendary thing you can do. That's that's Grand Theft Auto, right? Where you get that's exactly, in, that's what, exactly that what it is. Yeah. You get into a heated police chase. These it gets video up to games. Like four or five stars, and then you know you run away yeah. from the cops. They stop chasing. You get to zero, and you can just you can just chill. You just hang out. These video games are ruining youth culture. Disagree. <laughs> we had a moment like this in real life. You know what? Because of GTA. I was out on millennials. I'm in on them now. <laughs> after that, after that police chase, I'm in. <laughs> You know, it was the last great hurrah for the for the Earth after it's it was <laughs> because it's going to be destroyed. Now Planet Nine's going to kill us. Planet Nine is this this apparently orbiting planet that will kill us every every twenty five thousand years or something like that. So and it could happen within the next month. So good luck with that. That's our show for today. <laughs> Happiness and sadness all at once. The Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN seven hundred. Thank you guys so much for listening. Subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Andy Larson, Zach Harper. We're out. <laughs>